Hello, and welcome to Marking Out with My Girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Erin. This is my girlfriend, Kat. And sometimes we get like the entire polycule into wrestling intentionally, and it's a lot of fun. Oops. sorry at all i'm not i love having more people to watch it with <laughs> like it's great watching wrestling with you and i too you know together or individually but when there's like six people watching mm -hmm. it's a we better had, experience like, the entire polycule server watching poly m cult party four yep <laughs> um emma um emma was planning on coming down here to visit me on August 20th. But we moved that back a week specifically so that I could go with them to the Polyam party Woodstock. So we will be driving four hours round trip to go to Woodstock for the Polyam party. I'm so incredibly jealous. I think I might have to DM MV for tickets, but like, you know. Yeah, it's it's a not the usual experience of buying tickets. It's very exclusive. And then on uh, oh god, I think it's like August seventh. I can't remember exactly. It is August seventh. I'm gonna be going to a pizza party pro wrestling show. Nice, nice. I and think then Boom Slice and Molly are supposed to be there. <laughs> That'll be pretty fun, actually. And then tomorrow is Paris is Bumping. That's true. So we got to make time to watch that. I have to figure out if I'm even going to be able to between getting a tattoo and being my great friends. There's nothing wrong with straight two friends. Gremlin Energy crib clips to share among the lovers of Gremlin Energy. Please do, Moki. Okay, so, <laughs> what do we want to start with? Oh, God. Like, we could talk about Polyam Cult Party. We could talk about the saga of Adam Page that's been happening the past month. <laughs> okay, you know what? Let's start by talking about Hangman. Okay. Oh, because real quick. Also, for those of you watching on YouTube or here on Twitch, the tradition is back. Oh, wrong side. <laughs> so Aaron's already had a bunch of white claw. I've only had a couple of sips, actually. <laughs> Just while we were waiting to start. Mm -hmm. So, let's talk about... So remember, storyline. Storyline. Yeah, this is good. This is good story. Yeah, we're we're doing a callback. This is good long term booking here. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Hangman Page. Hangman Adam Page. So where we last left off, I think was 
with this around Dynamite last week or two weeks ago, where he had the match with Will Hobbs. Last time we talked on this show was four weeks ago. So it was at some point. Because I had that episode we missed. I was depressed because I didn't get the job that I interviewed for. Yeah, no, that that's totally fair. Uh, the 26th, so two weeks ago, we had Adam Page and Will Hobbs in a match in what I saw a little bit of, of like that, that final step you see with Page where, yeah, I know he, he's ready for the, where the storyline's going to go with Kenny, but he's still not kind of sure where he had the big man fight with Will Hobbs and during all of that, Will was working over his arm. Mm-hmm. Like, specifically taking it out to the outside, wrapping around the guardrails, getting it mixed up. Yeah, last time we talked PV, PPV, where we had the match with Cage, which this one was similar to. Like, it looked like Will Hobbs leveled up for this match. Yeah, no, like, Will Hobbs... I'm gonna be honest. Angman versus... Okay, I'm... With all due respect to the man... Mm-hmm. I think I'm just bored of Team Taz. Yeah, no, that I'm really looking forward to Cage versus Starks to really like do something with that faction. Right. I think Team Taz will be more interesting when they are fighting themselves. Definitely. They got a lot of interesting people there, and they're they're kind of standing around a lot of the time. T- right now, Team Taz is where feuds go to die. I'm glad that they didn't book Hangman in, like, a Darby Allen-length fucking feud, though. Yeah. I could not deal with an entire year of Taz harassing Hangman. Yeah, no, they did. They did really good with this one where they had the two matches with Cage. They had this one with... Well, they had the one with Starks. They had the one with Hobbs. And it's like, he's worked through that, like... He's worked his way back up to the number one ranked out of it just by doing this. Yeah, no, and like, you know, I'm glad that was a vehicle for Hangman. So Hangman is now the number one ranked wrestler Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the men's division in AEW, which means he's due a title shot. Yeah, he can technically claim it at any point. Question is whether or not he chooses to. And, you know, looking at uh, last week for Dynamite, it didn't look like he wanted to. No. Because last week we had Kenny come out with Don Callis. And they were doing their whole speech. Look, there's just no challengers left. They've beaten everybody. All the up-and-comers, all the established in three different companies. That's a different point I'll talk about in a minute, actually. (laughs) So Kenny talked about wanting to take his belts on the road with him. Yep. To, to new and interesting frontiers. And he gets interrupted by the Dark Order. Specifically, my best friend and yours, Evil Uno. Who is very haute couture. Yes, very haute couture. <laughs> Do I look like I can speak French? <laughs> no, but Uno can. I well, yeah, he lives in Quebec. <laughs> it's kind of a requirement legally. 
I mean, like, the country is bilingual. All your shit has to be in both languages, right? Yeah, like packaging and stuff. Yeah, it's always fun reading, um, like, bags of chips in French. <laughs> or, like, you'll get, like, okay, so one of the things that happens with labels in Canada is either they'll do, like, you know, White Claw Hard Seltzer. Just this is an example. I know they don't specifically do that on White Claw, but they'll have, like, White Claw Hard Seltzer, and then you'll have, like, right below it, the French. So it would be White Claw Hard Seltzer on one line, and then the French down here. Yeah. Or you have the double face labels, where the logo is on both sides of a box. Mm-hmm. One side is French, one side is English. Yeah, you can see, you know, watermelon, melon de o, melon do, whatever. <laughs> but yes, bilingual evil Uno comes out and interrupts, and reminds Kenny that. There is a number one contender in AEW, and he's very much owed a, a match. And you know, and, and he's his friend. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. The most important thing, Ayama. The very most important thing is that Evil Uno's friend deserves a chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this all goes down, and Hangman storms into the Dark Order layer on BTE. Oh, this was later on the show. He never showed up for the interview. Oh. Like, he never actually came out. So it was very awkward. They were all standing in the ring, and Kay just said, okay, bye, I'm leaving. <laughs> and then later on the show, he storms into the Dark Order lair and confronts them. And he's like, what, what were you thinking? <laughs> Don't ever talk for me again. And then they give him a little pep talk about how he deserves yeah. this opportunity. Yeah, no one's upset. Nobody is hurt by this. They just give support. They are true friends to him. Yeah. And, like, I feel like it wasn't... It, there was definitely a moment on BTE recently where they did explain to him that no matter whether he wins or loses, yep. no matter what, they're still his friend and they still about him yeah and they're still proud of him because hangman was the most vocal in being supportive of silver in his tnt title shot in 10 in his title shot Mm -hmm. in uno in his title shot they they all didn't manage to win but that's okay because it's okay to lose Mm -hmm. you're not going to be disowned for losing losing is not the end of the world Losing is just part of competing. And yep. there's no reason to place moral judgment on that. Mm-hmm. Hangman is their friend first and a wrestler second. Yes. Which is... Uh, this is exactly where I wanted this to go. It's like a very wholesome story of like building someone up. Okay, okay, Emma's Emma. playing the heel. It's a very wholesome story of building someone up when they were at their lowest. And, like, you know, in a sense, Hangman kind of helped the Dark Order with that same thing by 
yep. being there for them after Mr. Brody Lee passed away. Yeah, no, he, he stood by them completely and utterly. And he, you know, it, it shows that the important thing isn't how well you do in the ring. The important thing is how good of a friend you are. Yeah. And I, I like I like that wrestling is telling stories about real life trauma and abandonment issues and saying like, no, we're gonna be your friends. That's that's what this is about. It's a wrestling is about friendship. Wrestling is gay, Emma. Effie sells her shirt. <laughs> Effie has a whole website dedicated to it. But is it is it just wrestling is Dodge. not gay? Yeah. <laughs> so to step back even further, like you remember a couple years ago after Hangman lost his first title shot and wanted to leave the elite, but they wouldn't let him and he really fell into the hard drinking and the alcoholism. And I was very worried about that from, like, a personal level. <laughs> right, how they would handle an alcoholism story and whether they would make Hangman, like, the butt of the joke for being an alcoholic. Yep, and it's like, if this is where it's headed, like, Hangman still drinks, but he's not completely wasted all the time. He's among friends who actually look out for him. And, like, if that's where that storyline ended up going, that's... I couldn't ask for better, actually. He certainly does not have the biggest recreational substance use problem in the North Quarter. <laughs> no, he does not. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, ten. Yep. Ten. That was another funny bit they had a few weeks ago, where they had that intervention. And they they made it look like it was good before 10. It's like, no, nah, we got nothing wrong with you with the coke and the alcohol and the sex. You just be you. Stu, you're seeing things. We need to intervene here. Yeah, Stu keeps seeing hallucinations of Anna. Or actually seeing Anna. And then she just disappears. Yeah. Um, certainly at the bare minimum... I think they are maybe a little bit guess like gatekeep girl bossing him. A little bit, maybe. <laughs> but it's like it, it's so with that, I'm really glad that they were able to get Anna back into Jacksonville for that one show at least. Mm -hmm. You know, to, to, to show up and see everyone and make up with uh, Jungle Boy. <laughs> yeah, well, he grabbed a whole like fucking. Ham hock worth of booty. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> oh my god. The the straight men that were just destroyed by that picture. <laughs> the straight men destroyed by that picture because they couldn't imagine a world where polyamory exists. You know, and all the queers going, oh, they're so cute together. I don't know. It's a little too straight for me. I thought they looked adorable together. They're adorable. I'm just being a butt. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but anyway, we, we went off on Anna there. 
And then, yeah, so they had all that on Dynamite last week. And then on BTT this week, we got more Dark Order stuff with the Bucks invading the lair. That's right. And, the Bucks invaded the Dark Order's clubhouse and told them and, they were kicked off BTE. Yep. That they could go to BTE Dark, a.k.a. Sammy's vlog. Which might be a little bit better vlog, actually. I kind of like it a little more. I don't watch BTE Dark. <laughs> That's fair. It's just not something, not something that I've watched. Yeah. Sammy does a little bit more like a travel vlog with his, where it's still got the skits and everything on it, but you see, like, he's going to and from the airports and in the hotels and all that, and, like, oh, it's a little nice behind-the-scenes look. I mean, like, BTE did used to be a travel vlog, don't forget. Yep. yep. You know, right up until the pandemic started, and they didn't travel as much. At all. You can only see flying to Jacksonville so many times. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even then, there was part of the pandemic where the Bucks just weren't going to Jacksonville. Yeah. So, yeah, no, Hangman is poised to take on Kenny probably at All Out in September. That's what it's looking like. You know, they had their first confrontation this week. Where again, Kenny came out and it's like, I got no challengers here. I can just move on. And they, the Dark Order comes out again and reads, Yes, you have a number one contender here, and he's my friend. And then oh, that reminds me. Kenny Omega um, does the fourth greatest joke of all time <laughs> and hits Eva Luno in the dick after saying, What's the capital of Thailand? Bangkok. <laughs> and that started a whole fight, which Hangman brought out Hangman out, finally. And he's like, Definitely set up for a buckshot lariat on Kenny. He yep. doesn't do it. And then Kenny yeah. gives him a look like, come on. It, it was very reminiscent of Revolution. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, at, at Revolution, it's like, he, he had, he looked like he was going for it. But he didn't. You know, either he was too, he was too worried, he was scared, he didn't think he could go through with it, whatever. But this time I was like, I could have done it, but I didn't this time. It was a conscious decision to say, no, I'm better than this. Yep. Rather than, uh, what happens if I do this and it doesn't work out? Yeah. You know, and I can also appreciate Kenny's, um, oh shit, here come the consequence of my actions look. <laughs> Aaron, you did tweet that, yes? I know, I'm looking for it. There we go. Oh shit, the consequences of my actions have shown up. <laughs> So yeah, no, I'm really happy with where this story is going. It seems like they're building it really well, and, like, I hope this isn't one where they explicitly subvert what we're expecting, because I think the yeah. only person who can reasonably take the belt off of Kenny is Hangman. Yeah, like, usually with, with a story like this, you'll see them, you'll see, like, the babyface challenge once and lose, and it just kind of pushes them that much further with the crowd. Right, but, but he's already had that during the, um... Cage. No. No, the title tournament. Yeah, they already did that, actually, Right yeah. before Kenny won the title. Yep. By cheating. And, and even then, like, after the reactions at Double or Nothing and in Miami this week, like, 
pages over. You can't get him more over. Cannot physically get the man more over. He's, yeah. Like, I, I would challenge you to find anyone who is an AEW fan who doesn't love Hangman. Yeah, I'll show you someone who hasn't been watching the product. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it looks like they'll probably be setting that up for All Out, which will be in August. September, no, early September. September in Chicago, because they're doing three shows in Chicago back to back to back. Yep. Yeah, that, that's going to be a really cool week, actually. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like, I can't wait to see just how they go for two months. Two months with a lot of specialty dynamite episodes. Yeah, we've got, what, Fight for the Fallen's coming up? Yep, that's coming up, I believe, in August. We've got two episodes of Fighter Fest, and it's just, it, it's a lot coming up, and they're all good episodes, and mm. I can't wait to see Kenny dive, dip, and dodge from Hangman for two months. Is the show at Arthur Ashe before or after All Out? I don't know. After. Okay. So, yeah, that, that one's titled W Dynamite Grand Slam because it's tennis stadium. Oh, I gotcha. I know. It's, it's going to be, it, it'll be cool because it's like a, it's a very nice stadium and it's relatively accessible. It's right by where the Mets play. So, like, okay. This might be hyper-local, huh? Yeah. If you've ever been to a Mets game, it's not that far, I say. Yeah, I think only you, Eddie Kingston, and Boomer Hatfield might know this. No, uh, Silver and Reynolds would. Oh, okay. They're from New York. Um, there's a lot of AEW talent from New York. Yeah, they're very East Coast. Um, Janelle is from Jersey. Sunny Kiss is from Jersey. Mm-hmm. I assume Joey Janelle has gone to a Mets game. Probably. Mostly At because least... you can get Mets tickets for $5. He's probably been to at least as many Mets games as he has Florida, um, Florida public hearings. Fucking Joey Janela showing up as Florida man cursing out the place as he leaves. So, like, the story of that was that... Oh, God, hold on. Now I gotta look this up. Okay. Um, so, Janela went to this school board meeting because A, it was close, and B, because former NXT referee Drake Wirtz was there. Because Drake Wirtz oh. got fired after going full-blown QAnon. Yep. It's like, you're working for WWE, the, the, the company owned by the guy who looks up to Donald Trump, and you manage to get fired by being too stupid. By being too deep into Q. Which is impressive. Yeah. But anyway, Drake Wirtz was there, and he actually got up and yelled about the sexual grooming and pedophilia that's apparent in the entertainment industry, and how vaccination would lead to more of that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no, Janela, um, <laughs> Janela showed up at this meeting in a Florida man disguise, and as he was leaving, he was getting interviewed by the news, like, the news asked him a question, he just goes, I'm just frustrated. 
<laughs> that's you can't say the running, R, apparently. <laughs> that's become a running gag on Dynamite. Or not Dynamite, Dark. Yep, because they have a storyline going on on Dark. Like, that's impressive. Yeah, no, Dark has the opportunity to be good for storylines. Mm -hmm. Hey, Aaron, speaking of Dark, you want to talk about the exciting news that came out of Dark this week? Which exciting news came out of Dark? Certain person won his first match. Oh, yes. <laughs> I should know that. He just liked my tweet about it. <laughs> yeah. So with the final shows at Daily's Place for probably a good long while, I don't see them going back for a bit. Unless there's some sort of new restrictions imposed due to the Lambda variant or whatever. Yeah. Maybe for the start of the new show. Um, yeah, no, we had a tag match of Fuego Del Sol with Marco Stunt taking on Baron Black and Rise? Reese? Ryzen? Ryzen, yes. The, the creepy priest boy. Yeah, the satanic priest guy. Yeah, he hangs one. out with Nyla and Vicky, so he can't be that bad. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, our boy Fuego got his first win in AEW. With then no word on if they're going to sign him. I feel like that win might have been his thank you rather than getting signed. Yeah, we've seen them do that a couple times, especially like halfway through the pandemic. So, you know... Wherever Fuego Del Sol works from now on, he will be able to command a much higher price. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he's, he's just over. He's got notoriety and he's over. Everyone knows who he is now. Cause, and he's got one of the coolest stories of the whole past year where like he was flying himself out to Daily's Play shows to try and get on the roster for Dark and Evolution. Elevation and whatnot. And he was doing all of this while supporting four kids and trying yeah. to follow his dream. Yeah. Fuego has definitely got one of the cool. Really, I need AEW to sign Fuego so his shirts will be on the AEW site and I can get them in this good material rather than the usual bad stuff. Because <laughs> I can't go back now. <laughs> what material is it? So, on the international sites for AEW Shop, you can get, like, a, the Gildan Soft. And it's, like, it's just so much better. Like, it's not quite, like, a really good t-shirt material, but it's halfway there. Okay. Uh, also, yeah, my Pride shirts came in. It's a very good Pride shirt. Yeah, it, it's, it's a lot brighter than I usually expect them to come in. Oh god. Cat, <laughs> I'm gonna ban Moki now. No, you can't ban over that. That's the best. <laughs> oh, that's awful. John Zena. Or <laughs> your princess. Uh Warrior of Thugonomics. Yep. <laughs> hey, guess what? 
You're drunk now? I don't drink a lot. <laughs> I'm not drunk, but I'm a little... It's, it's hitting you faster than you planned. <laughs> so a little so bit. you chug it. Yeah. No. I didn't chug it. <laughs> I just made it look like I was chugging it for the sake of the bit. Okay, that's fair. So, um, we want to talk... My tolerance has switched from alcohol to weed, yes. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. Do we want to talk about Polyam Cult Party 4? I would love to. Because this was a fucking kick-ass show. Absolutely. <laughs> Emma and I were out shopping for part of it. But yeah, I think you missed the first two matches? Something like that. Yeah. So yeah, this was back in Brooklyn after doing two of them in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. So we're back in Brooklyn. We're actually indoors for this one. No masks either. The mask mandate yeah. has lifted. Yeah, no, my so anxiety was through the roof. Let's talk about that for a second. Oh. Like, I understand a lot more people are fully vaccinated in the States. But no, they're not. I was going to say it's, it's like it's still like 50 percent or something. It's, it's like 55 percent of people in New Jersey are vaccinated, fully vaccinated as of last yeah. time I checked. But like I know in Ontario, there's like almost 80 percent with first shot and 20 with second. It's a little sad how startlingly low the number is at 50 percent. But I yeah. feel like we're probably going to end up getting around 50% of the whole country and then the other 50% are too far gone in their conspiracy theory. Yeah, which is utterly terrifying. I mean, New Jersey's at 50, Pennsylvania's at 55, mm -hmm. Connecticut's at 61. So, like, all of the people who would reasonably be in that show... Audio is cutting out on the stream. Is it because I'm not facing my mic? It's probably because I'm not facing my mic, which would, you know, do that. So, yeah, no, <laughs> like, like, basically, most of the Northeast, people who would attend yeah. the Polyam Cult party show in Brooklyn, vaccination rates are over 50%. Yeah, and you know, and the group that would go out to a polyam cult show, I hope, would be more likely to get vaccinated. More responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no guarantee of that, but first match was what a six-person mixed tag match. Uh, yeah, it was actually an unplanned. I get pain love. Okay, that counts. Uh, it was an unplanned match because the show started out with uh, what was his name? Dashing Dan, the goddamn Candyman. Delightful Dan, the goddamn Candyman. Delightful. Man. There we go. I got there. He was talking to the crowd and, like, brought in a big jar of candy. I think he was going to get people to guess how many were in it. Mm -hmm. And then they're interrupted by the Apostles of Chaos, who are a local Brooklyn tag team. Mm -hmm. And they're complaining that stuff like the Polyam Cult is ruining the image of Brooklyn. It's not hardcore enough for anymore or something. <laughs> right. 
It's gentrifying and, Brooklyn wrestling. Yes, there you go. And then that brought out the Bundertaker and Pan Kane. So we have a trio of food-based people now. Yes, now the Bundertaker and Pan Kane are hot dog starks and pancakes. Yes. And For... Dan the Candyman is just Dan the Candyman. Yeah, delightful Dan the goddamn Candyman. Yes, the Brothers of Consumption. That's what they're called. <laughs> and you know, that they had a very interesting match with this. Mm-hmm where they immediately went to the outside and started body-slamming people on Pan Cane. Yep. As in picking up audience members and body-slamming them. <laughs> I won't lie, I would have volunteered. I know you would have. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, was a, that was a fun match, and it ends with um, the local Brooklyn boys going over. Yep. Yeah, our brothers of consumption and the candy urn carrying Dan lost that one. I would have too. Yeah, I know you would have. <laughs> um, so then we have a singles match of Colin Delaney versus Jody himself. And there was a stipulation on this one where if Jody lost, he would pick up Colin's tab for the night. <laughs> It's such, like, good stipulations at these shows. Yep. I guess this is a, a tie-up, tie-over from Polyam Cult Party 3. Yes. Where Jody was saying he can drink so much, and then Colin wound up him. I don't know. Still, it's, it's an exciting little thing to do. And it's kind of fun to, to realize that Cullen Delaney is like an 18-year veteran in wrestling. And he honestly looks surprised at some of the early offense Jody got in. Yeah, no, it's it's fun to watch that sort of match. Yeah. And again, they went to the outside for this one and did a hip toss counter block sequence to the door and back. Mm-hmm. Before Jody finally was able to get one in. <laughs> I I like that there there are these like very, very silly sequences in these matches. Like none mm -hmm. of them have to be all that serious. Yeah, like even the stipulation, like, I'll pick up your bar time. Like it sounds serious, mm -hmm. but it's really not actually. <laughs> so yeah, Cullen ends up picking up the win in that one. So Jody has to cover his bar tab. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've heard how much that was, actually. I'm kind of curious. So, our next match is the shortest wrestling match that I have ever seen, clocking in at, like, 19 seconds. Was it 19 seconds? Something I've seen like shorter that. than that, but not by much. It was something like that. It was a... I simp match. <laughs> yeah. Between Aspen the Mermaid... And Mikey Banker. And it took Mikey 19 seconds to simp. Yeah, with Eddie McQueen as a special guest ref. They kind of just circled each other in the ring, and then Mikey, you know, she mm -hmm. got a simp for Aspen. Have you seen her? She's adorable. She's the pro wrestling waifu. Yep. So that wasn't good enough for this match, actually. No, because then the Uptown Boys come out. <laughs> Yep. 
And they're like, what the fuck is this? This isn't wrestling. You just looked at a pretty girl and went, I simp. Which, you know, that's me every hour of the day. I don't... I honestly don't know what... what how, how you get through the day like that. Neither do I, actually. I don't think I get a whole lot done. I don't understand it. <laughs> so yeah, the Uptown Boys come out. They actually start having like a dance contest thing, and then they jump them. Uh-huh. They jump Mikey Bank- Banker, Aspen Rosen, Eddie McQueen, and have a. <laughs> and they have a very chaotic match. Like a lot of it is Eddie getting beat up and double or triple teamed. Yes. It was, uh, you know, I'm just gonna say it, a lot of these matches were shit shows. Yeah, you know, but that's kind of what a polyam cult party is. You get a bunch of people together in a ring, and they go for however long, I don't think they're given a time. <laughs> no, they go for however long is gonna look good, and it's a little bit of a shit show in the coolest possible way. Yeah, no. Like I said, with Poly M Cur- po- Poly M Cult Party 3, like, if every wrestling show looked like this, I don't think I'd complain. <laughs> no. It's like, it's fun. It's, like, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it still presents good stories in the ring. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a good platform to people to come out and show what they can do. So our next match is the Wrestlers Lab Championship match between Envy Young and Josh Fuller. Yeah, so Wrestlers Lab is one of those promotions that likes to really showcase up-and-coming stars, Mm -hmm. let people get their feet wet a little bit. And that's what they were doing with Josh Fuller here, because he'd actually been away from wrestling for a while, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. before coming back for this one. And then MV Young kicked his ass. Right, which is always a great way to get yourself started up again, right? Now, I'm just going to say this. MV Young could also kick my ass. I need to put a title on the line, but whatever. Simp. Simp. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah. wait, shit! I'm not allowed to call you a simp. We're on Twitch. I'll get banned. Oh yeah. Oh for no. Calling Aaron a simp. Oh oh it's, gosh! It's no one report this, please. Oh, we need this channel. There's no alternatives. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, but the finish to that match was. Yeah. Something. So, Fuller. Got some offense in this, but a lot of it was cut off by Envy. Mm-hmm. And, like, near the end, Envy got in, like, two consecutive kneeling power bombs, And the ref actually called the match at one point. Like, yeah. the bell rang. It was done. And they were getting him checked out by a bunch of guys from the back. But Josh Fuller saying, like, I'm okay. I'm okay. And then he spears Envy for a quick two. <laughs> So I guess the match is back on now. Yep. And Envy hits another kneeling powerbomb for three and tells him he's pretty tough for a twink. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Envy. Our next match was a triple threat David versus Goliath match. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Or Goliath didn't want to pay attention to David. <laughs> yeah, neither of them did. It was Jared Evans versus PB Smooth and Big Calix. So goddamn big. There's no other way to say his name. You just have you to say can't. Big Calix. Yeah, no, you need the inflection and everything, or it's not right. Uh, I, I loved. Right, I ahead. loved. Uh, Big Calix at the start of this when they all were in the ring and him and PB were squaring off and Jared is just off to the side and he's like, why don't you pick on someone your own size? And he pulls a little action figure and puts it in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> he's calling them small. Yes. Even though PB Smooth is bigger than Calix. <laughs> but bit, bit, taller, but not taller, bigger. Taller, yes. Big Calix is the biggest thing in the known universe. <laughs> so this was a fun match it was nice to see David go over yeah he ended up stealing a pinfall from PB Smooth on Calyx mm -hmm. and PB Smooth is legit 6-8 yeah like Max Caster even rapped about it he's going to have to stand on phone posts to get a kiss from him <laughs> oh no it, it was stacks of money right that makes more sense I guess yes <laughs> nobody has phone books anymore Aaron and they're not that thick either. I, I saw one a couple years ago. Like, it's a thin little thing now. Yeah, because nobody lists their number in the phone book anymore. Yeah, it's just businesses and advertisements. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, seeing Jared Evans go over was a lot of fun. It was, you know. Like, he, Jared Evans is a lot of fun to boo. Because he's just cocky and loud. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so our next match was a street fight between... Athrin Amada, friend of the show, and Molly McCoy. I hope he's a friend of the show. We're Twitter mutuals. That's all it takes for someone to be friend of the show on this fucking show. <laughs> I, actually, I should probably check that. How are we still? Anyway. You follow Ath each other. Okay. Athrin Amada versus Molly McCoy in what can only be described as a holy shit match. You sick fucks. <laughs> yep. That it was there was the the baby ladder. <laughs> and they found like a little five foot ladder and they used that. And the fucking thing didn't bend when they fell on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. A baseball bat with a, a wiffle ball bat with tacks in it. Yep. Uh Molly was throwing her helmet before the bell rang. There was bags of thumbtacks. There was a replica world title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was a lot. And escape blade. Escape. They used the blade. Was the blade was the blade? Yeah, on it, it was used on it was used on Molly. Molly got uh, Happy Gilmore in it. From Okay, I from the stream quality that I saw, it didn't look like the skate had a blade in it. Pretty sure it did, because Athrin was, like, holding it against their face. Yeah, you can still do that with a skate with the blade removed from the blade holder. I thought it had a blade. I'm not willing to go back and check right now. <laughs> I will, but not okay, right now. I'm pretty yeah, sure... Because, like, otherwise, how would you replace the blades in your skates, right? Like, you break your skates in. 
Does... Am I... Have you... Have you ever been ice skating, Aaron? Uh, once when I was six. Okay. I don't know how skates work. So hockey skates... Isn't, isn't the metal piece on the bottom a blade? <laughs> right, but you can take the metal out. So it's just hard plastic. Oh. Oh. Does huh. that ruin the illusion for you? A little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I do. You have more skating knowledge than I do. I went when I was six and I couldn't get off my face. <laughs> so I decided, screw this, I'm waiting for summer. <laughs> skating is fun. No, it hurts. It's fun. It hurts. If you're bad at it. I am. Well, then get good. No, I'll wait for summer. <laughs> to do what? Swim. You're trans. When are you going to fucking swim? I don't know. I miss swimming a lot, actually. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. MV Young did put out a notice for the next cult party uh, to bring a swimsuit. Good to know. It, it might actually be a safe environment to do that. Maybe. Possibly. Possibly. I will think of it. So yeah, I don't understand skates, but this was a really good match. Yes, it was. And Molly had a giant lump on her head. Oh my god, that was from like the beginning of the match, too. <laughs> yep. Like, it wasn't even I... when the match got brutal that Molly got the giant lump on their forehead. <laughs> yep. It was fun. Atherin did end up winning that one, mm -hmm. hitting a go-to-sleep and a power bomb, And... God... I love brutal matches like that. Like I say, I'm not one for hardcore stuff, but that was really well done. Well, like, I, I, I'm like, it, it, that wasn't even like, I guess, okay, Aaron, let's, let's talk about this. When does a match go from a hardcore match to a death match? Uh, when... A light tube gets involved? <laughs> that's, that's a good sign. I would say it's when there's more of a focus on the weapons and tools involved over the wrestling itself. So it becomes more of a prop act. Right. Okay, so realistically, the thing that I'm going to say is a differentiating point is... Yeah, I guess the focus would be on making someone bleed rather than winning. Yeah. It's more of a spectacle. Yeah. So the light tube is the indicator that a match is a death match and not a hardcore match. Yes. And I feel like that's a fair dividing line. So our oh, next yeah. match... We have to mention that uh, Vita Scott was on commentary for all of this. Yes. And uh, she's as could... good as ever. Yes. You could follow them on twitch.tv slash Vita Scott. So our next match was CPA versus Big Game Leroy. Okay, I need to know, what do you think of Leroy's ring attire? His pink and green switch tights. And like the the gauntlets with the Joy-Cons on them and... It's interesting. It's definitely noticeable. Like, I don't hate the tights and the colors. I don't know about the Joy-Con thing, though. 
Yeah, Aitsu points out, how can Leroy fight with Joy-Con Drift on his hands? You're a big game, Leroy. How do you fight with Joy-Con Drift on your hands? <laughs> oh, God. Ability I, I, bet, I bet someone's asked him that already, but I'm tempted to anyway. File it like a strong bad email. <laughs> Dear big game. But that was when Strong Ben still had the accent, so it was more like, Dear Strong Ben, how did you type with boxing gloves on your hands? <laughs> I remember that one, oh god. <sighs> but anyway, for this one, they actually started off with a game of Smash. Uh huh. And CPA was trying to figure out how to play Smash on the fly. Yep. <laughs> Eventually, they got into an actual wrestling match where Leroy's boots were actually falling off. Mm -hmm. But that one ended up with CPA catching a top rope dive and turning it into a DVD. Yep. Which was just awesome to see. Really cool. Also, CPA got made fun of for wearing a clip-on tie. Yes. <laughs> I know it's convenient, but, you know, if it's your job, maybe you should learn to tie it. Mm-hmm. So, our next match is a tag team match and a revenge match from Polyam Cult Party 3. Mm-hmm. This match is Kimberly Spirit and Zach Belmont versus Commander Sterling and the Great Bambina. Oh, God. I love the setup and the build and everything for this. Because, okay, so the big thing with Jim Sterling, since he's moved up to Pittsburgh. They. they sorry. <laughs> since they've moved up to Pittsburgh, is that they've slowly been getting more and more involved in their own matches. Like, starting out behind other people, to sneaking in a few shots, to last poly I'm called, I think they got, like, they, even more. They did a choke slam. Yep. And then with this one where they were just right in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, not right away. You can't give it away right away. But they got in there and they were in the match for a good long while. And they're just getting, like, they're still continuously getting better. They've been oh, working yeah. with Kimberly Spirit on, like, their training and everything like that. So it's it's cool to see, like, you know, Trainer versus student, so it's like you know mm -hmm. you, you know they're working a safe match. You know they're working within their limits. Yeah, and it's someone who understands their limits almost entirely. Mm -hmm. Also, and... I just want to throw this out there. I'm a big fan of the Great Bambina. I know, right? I've never seen her before, but it's like I want to now. Mm -hmm. Her whole gimmick is dressing like an old-timey baseball player a la Babe Ruth. Or, um, A League of Their Own. Mm hmm That movie no one remembers. <laughs> There's no crying in, in baseball. Everyone <laughs> remembers that line, Aaron. What are you talking about? But do they remember the rest of the movie? Yes, it's a movie about women in baseball. I don't think most people can remember it. <laughs> Aaron, you underestimate... The I amount probably do. that America loves baseball. 
But I don't underestimate the amount they don't like women. That's fair. But it's a baseball anyway. movie. And people love anyway. baseball movies. Why do you think Moneyball okay. is still so popular, despite the fact that Chris Pratt's a dick? I don't think I've ever seen Moneyball, actually. Oh, it's such a good movie. Aaron, you gotta watch Money. We can, we can watch Moneyball tonight. It's on American Netflix. <laughs> I was gonna make you watch Lost Boys tonight. Oh, well. We're doing Moneyball. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I know Field of Dreams is still loved classic. by everyone. I went to, a, to college with a guy who was obsessed with that movie. People love baseball, Aaron. Oh, you hit the ball and you run a little bit. Ah, I don't get it. Go okay. Would you rather watch a game where you hit the ball and don't run all that much? I mean, you don't run that much in baseball. It's certainly less than 90 feet three times, four times. <laughs> Are you talking about cricket? I am talking about cricket. Aaron, would you like to watch cricket? I don't know what a crumpet is, so I won't understand cricket. You don't need to know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. Also, a crumpet is a fucking baked good. <laughs> it's like, okay. imagine you made a pancake but didn't flip it over, and that's a crumpet. Cat will not get Ninja Turtles references. Got it. No, I won't. <laughs> I have not seen the Ninja Turtles movies in... At least 20 years. By the way, oh, listeners. Oh, I got good news for you. God. By the way, <laughs> listeners. This is the last episode of Marking Out With My Girlfriend that we're going to be doing with me in my 20s. Oh, yeah. So, fuck. So send your gifts to at Sosas Media. Guess we're watching after Moneyball TMNT. <laughs> No, TNT wasn't that good. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was, though. I'm talking about the, the one with the Henson Creature Creation puppets. They're, well, they're not puppets. They're more animatronic. No, they're not and, animatronics and... because they're, there's a people under the suit. Yeah, there's people in them, but the mouth and eyes and everything are all animatronic. Yeah, that's so it's still like, Henson like a hybrid Creature Creation. Than a Muppet? Not a Muppet. It's a Henson Creature. Okay, okay, Aaron. Or the puppets used in Labyrinth considered Muppets? Yes or no? Oh, frig, I don't know. What about Dark Crystal? I remember the last time I watched either of those, actually. What about Fraggle Rock? Those are Muppets. They're on the Muppets wiki. I know. <laughs> and Fraggle Rock. I watched that all the time as a kid. <laughs> Rival Rock was such a good show. Anyway. <laughs> yes, I was a huge the Muppets, Muppets fan. I, I feel like you, you can't not love the Muppets. Yeah, I don't know how you, you couldn't, really. Other than maybe the one transphobic joke in Muppets Treasure Island. Or in every movie somewhere. From the 90s? Every movie from the 90s? Yeah. Or some of the more questionable stuff on the Muppet Show, which you know doesn't—it actually doesn't last that long, so it's easy to skip. The Muppet Show like weirdly holds up in a lot of ways, and then doesn't hold up in other ways. Yeah, there's no middle ground. There's nothing where like, eh, it could be okay. Also, it's a lot of celebrities that I just straight up 
have never heard of. Well, yeah, because they were for your parents. If that. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, Kimberly Spirit and Zach Belmont defeat Commander Sterling in the Great Bambina. Vengeance! Vengeance. So they now have to have a rubber match, I assume. Uh, probably. It was just announced that Sterling is in a gauntlet tournament. Oh. That Kimberly is also in. <laughs> so they might end up facing each other in that. That'll be fun. Okay, yeah. our next match. My favorite match of the card. The one everyone was waiting for. Is a singles match. Between the daddy of wrestling himself, Effie, and I don't know how they build. I forget how they build her. Um, the Starman. The Starman. She sometimes builds as a Starman. She sometimes build as the girl from another place. Mm-hmm. Either way, she is Ziggy Hyam. She's Mazel Tough. She's Mazel Tough. We love the future in wrestling. Ray loved that one. I know. Look, we get excited. Jews get excited seeing Jews in things. It's it's yeah. it's, 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 it's one of I can understand. One of our few choices. Everything else is just people tried to kill us. We survived. Let's drink. As a trans, I can understand. As a Canadian, you can understand. Yeah, I mean, no one's tried to really kill us. More like the, oh hey, they're Canadian when you're watching. Oh a show. yeah, yeah. Emma's got it legally required to know who Canadians and things are. Yeah, that makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, this match was so good. Yes, like I was a little bit surprised by the finish on this one because mm -hmm. it came very abruptly. I love a good abrupt finish. Oh yeah, so do I. But it's like I, I expected this one to go longer. Then it's like, huh, that was a mistake. And she got really punished for it. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, the ending of the match was Ziggy had a sleeper on Effie and actually got him down on the mat, but he rolled back and got Ziggy's shoulders down for a three. And it was so smoothly done. It was really smooth. It was well done. It was fun. It was exciting. Okay. I, I know. Mute for a second and do it my hair. It's freaking hot down here. I, I know that kind of finish is not like ideal, but like every once in a while having a surprise finish like that can keep a show interesting. It's just very variable as to whether or not it feels earned. Like when, um, I, what was it, Darby getting the pin on Cody that one time where it was like, or, or vice versa, where the, the pin just kind of felt like it came out of nowhere, and it, it can feel very unsatisfying, like mm -hmm. the time AEW did it, but like, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, that's a thing, that that's an experience Right, like if wrestle in kayfabe, that happens because one of the wrestlers is less experienced than the other, and the other one has that additional ring awareness, and that makes it feel a little bit more earned. Yeah, it's it's also a little bit like 
you get that real sports feel of wrestling then mm-hmm. where it's like yes anything can happen at a moment's notice usually we're used to things being scripted out and playing out in a certain formula so when it doesn't in such a shocking way it's like that uh it's like that computer game with giffany in gravity falls says anything can happen you got it i love that show <laughs> It's a good show. I'm glad that you enjoy it as much as I do. <laughs> I mean... You like fruit wine as much as I do. Sorry. I mean, it, it's a cartoon about going to the middle of the woods and finding weird shit. I'm all for it. <laughs> Same thing with Owl House. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of which, I just found out this morning that Owl House Season 3 is going to be effectively six episodes long and then it's over that really oh. sucks uh, i was hoping well. for a full season no it is what it is if you guys who are in chat like owl house which you should watch it on disney plus it's good watch owl house and then write letters to disney demanding that they do not cancel owl house and you have to, Disney is one of the few companies that will still literally and legitimately answer written mail. They will ignore your emails. They will ignore your tweets. Mm-hmm. Write them snail mail. Yeah. And maybe we can save a show about queer witches. It's adorable and I love it so much. Okay, so our next match was the... Fight Club Chocolate City Championship match between Billy Dixon and Eel O'Neal. As is typical with Billy Dixon matches, Billy got his shit caved in and then won. Yeah, like not as bad as he does against Darius Carter. No, because nobody's going to beat up Billy Dixon like Darius Carter. I I get uncomfortable watching Darius beat him up. It gets to be too much. Just a little bit. But yeah, like as you said, Neil O'Neill fucking brought it in this match. Absolutely. Looked amazing. Like, the kind of shit you really, really just, like, kind of almost want to close your eyes for. Yeah, um, you know, it, it starts, it gets really real. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's hard to watch sometimes. So, yeah, for this one, like, immediately Billy jumps on the microphone. <laughs> Get showing off your uh, bag of earrings. <laughs> yeah, Billy jumps on the microphone right away and <laughs> just looking right at MV Young in the crowd, like, I'm changing the match. It's no, it's false count anywhere now. <laughs> and, you know, they, they went for it. They went right to the outside, launching themselves around and fighting all over the venue. And, like, that turned out to just not be enough even where they opened up the the garage doors that closed in the venue and went out into the Brooklyn street. (laughs) So now they've spilled out into the street. A bunch of the fans are right around the block in the whole sidewalk. And it is such a spectacle. Yeah. Billy put on the MT for Elijah McDade McTaylor. Elijah McDade Taylor. There we go. On the street and choked choked deal out for the win and yeah, like 
I don't think I've ever been left with like I don't want to say a wanting more. I've always left a a Billy Dixon match very fulfilled in in what he did with it. He, like even when he gets his ass completely handed to him by Darius Carter and somehow wins, and I'm looking through my fingers because it's kind of uncomfortable. But yeah, Vito was worried with cars. Yeah, at one point, Effie was there correspondent just shouting stuff back to the table yeah that was the thing though was like they didn't have any monitor set up for the commentation team for this whole show so every time they would go out of the ring and around the little corner that was at the bar they wouldn't know what was happening <laughs> And they're just trying to make it up as they go, standing on the table and everything to try and see. Welcome back. Just Thank talking you. about how commentary didn't have any monitors or anything for the event. Mm -hmm. So every time they went to the crowd, they're like standing up trying to get an eye. The other thing that was really neat about that was MV like just appearing at random points in the crowd. Having yep. like little spots in the match where he was like, nope, you're going to keep fighting this way. Yep. MV does Yo, was... like stage hazards for the wrestling match. <laughs> At one point, he's just off on the side on, on a laptop doing tweet replies, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, another fun thing. Uh, lots of wrestlers in the crowd. We definitely saw Max Zero. The handsome himbo. Yeah, I'm guessing that Boomer Hathill was probably in there somewhere, so I can't go back and watch, or I might spot him. <laughs> I've seen both halves of his face. Wait, it's like with uh, Edie. Like, you've seen most of her face in the documentary. Uh, I just don't put it together. I wouldn't recognize Edith Surreal without the mask. I would choose not to, even if I did. Fair enough. Like, if I'm in Philly... And I see a trans woman walking a dog that looks like Kevin. I'm going to keep moving. Yeah, yeah, that... It's a very cute dog. Person I've definitely never seen before. <laughs> Honestly, I'm Emma? Person I've you... never seen before. Your dog is adorable. Is his name Kevin? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and if, if you just want to, like, tweet at Envy and say you want to be production manager, go for it. I'm sure he'd probably say yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe he has a production manager. Hey. I don't know how these things are run. I just sit in the crowd and go, boo, yay. Although, that would be hilarious, actually. <laughs> if Envy became a production manager on a wrestling show, like, oh. You are now more involved with wrestling than I ever have been. <laughs> oh, goodness. Was there anything else we wanted to go over this week? Yes. Still haven't talked about Road Rager. Road Rager? Uh, yeah, I sure hope it does. I knew I set that up and I couldn't stop myself. <laughs> you said it in the exact tone of voice, Aaron. That's just me. Oh, uh, yes. Head. <laughs> Welcome to Canada. 
Okay, so we have some exciting matches here for the AEW's very first show on the road. Yeah, since and March of 2020. AEW has done most of their shows in Daly's place. Yeah. Of like their entire run. Huh. <laughs> oh, goodness. It's weird to see that they're out, out at other arenas. With crowds. So, I mean, there's no point in telling you if you're not going to go there for crowds, right? Yeah, no, that's true. So we started this one off with the South Beach strap match. It's not as exciting as it sounds. Not nearly as home. It's pretty homoerotic. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, you know, it's not the kind of strap we would usually talk about. Maybe you would. I wouldn't. I've distracted Cat now. <laughs> I'm just thinking about like what would be more likely for me to talk about. <laughs> when I talk about a strap, I am specifically talking about the word strap followed by the word on. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Not anything that you would use for impact play. Which makes our episode, the strap episode, so much funnier. Yes. And also, <laughs> it's impact play when one of you dresses up like Rosemary. No, that's just my fancy. I mean, I have and have done face paint before. <laughs> I know you. Anyway, <laughs> QT Marshall and Cody Rhodes and a South Beach strap match. So the stipulation uh, of a South Beach strap match, the winner is the first person to touch all four of the ring's top turn. Yep. And QT didn't even get an entrance. <laughs> he was standing at the side like a dark match jobber. That's how little people care about this feud with QT oh. Markel. And it's like, you know what? I could have believed that this was going to be something if QT had an intro. Marshall's discount fashion items. Sorry, I get distracted. Um, QT Marshall's, where you go for discount fa fashion items and they don't have any shorts. You have to buy the one pair of shorts that you think maybe might fit you, and they don't. You give them to your wife, who then wears them with the button down that they got from Old Navy and looks like fucking Gonzo the Muppet. In a really hot way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, wrestling. <laughs> I'm trying to stay on the wrestling now. Yeah, we It's been a long day for everyone involved here. So this was actually like a very straightforward match, which is unexpected for a strap match. Like the strap, it's it's rare that you see a strap match with a finish like this one. Yeah. Where Cody had a decisive win. Strap matches yeah, they... almost always are like beat up fests. Everyone gets the shit beat out of them. Yeah, they Not were very so focused. They were very focused on the on the stipulation of the match, like playing to the objective. Right. Which is good when you have an alternate win con. Mm -hmm. Push that win con. Yeah. Now there was a part where Cody got uh, hawked up getting strapped which was 
kind of weird. I'm just saying, if you have Approach of the Second Sun in your deck, ask that motherfucker twice. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've played Magic. Yep. Same. So yeah, Cody did end up winning this one. The much more important thing, and which plays later, is there is a power interruption during this. For about five seconds, so the lights just went out. Commentary was still going. And it, yeah, they seemed very confused by it. Uh, they, well, I mean, Hurricane Elsa. Yeah, yeah like there's a, there a storm going on. But the, yeah, they were told pretty quick over the headphones, like, yeah, no, j just power interference, just keep going. So I'm sure that that's nothing and we will never hear about it again. No, definitely. Not important for them. It's power outage. They happen. Yep. Generators kick on everything. Cody wins the match. Now, do you remember last week when Sammy was, or two weeks ago, I guess, when Sammy was uh, getting into the arena and got jumped by Spears? No. I'm going to tell you that happened. <laughs> okay. So this week, Sean Spears was doing a promo and got a chair thrown at his head. Oh, good. So, oh, good. So Sammy oh, good. could have revenge. Emma. <laughs> I'm not talking here. I'm stretching. I'm a little drunk. Cut me some slack. <laughs> so yeah, it's a good little revenge. I can't wait to see more of Sean and Sammy. I think they might actually kill each other in a match, though. I'm glad to see Sean Spears getting some action, getting some work, like not just sitting on the sidelines anymore. Yeah, like he's too good of a talent to not use. Absolutely too, like, too important for, I mean, like, I don't know. It feels like he just, like, for a long time became, like, the butt of a joke, right? Mm-hmm. Like, his whole thing with Tully, where they were searching for a tag partner for him. That, yeah. like, Sean Spears was a joke. I did enjoy, early on in the pandemic, him and MJ up in the crowd taking bets. That was good. But that's yep, where the that friendship was a very formed. good side action. That's where the pinnacle started. Yep. Who would have guessed that would have come into play a year later? <laughs> Anyone who watches AEW because, you know, AEW loves their long-term booking? Yeah, I love their long-term booking, too. I get frustrated by it because, like, I want to see where this goes. Mm -hmm. But I love their long-term booking. <laughs> it makes me tune in every week. <laughs> uh, so our next item on the agenda was uh, Tony Schiavone interviewing Jennifer Omega. Yep. With Don Callis, who got chance of You Got Fired. Because he's been A fired highlight from of the night. Um, this was, we, we talked about this already, so we can move on. We have an interview that Jim Ross moderated between Egon and Darby. Yep. Very intense. And it was really neat because in there, like the, the stipulation going to the coffin match they have coming up is that Darby can't touch Ethan Page until then. So Ethan Page can sit there and say whatever he wants and Darby just has to let it roll off him. JR is good for these sorts of things. Oh, yeah. I feel like he doesn't need to be on day-to-day -day commentary. Yeah, and... It shows more and more, unfortunately. 
dynamite? Yeah, I hate seeing it because I grew up in the Attitude Era. No, and so I'm, like I, in many ways, hold the great amount of respect for Jim Ross. Mm-hmm. He has come back from a stroke, new to work. Like he, an impressively dedicated, like. He's impressively dedicated to the sport. Yeah, and he knows his shit, too. He should also maybe take a little bit of a backseat because he screws up more often than not on commentary. Yeah, it's like if you go back and watch the Golden Lovers versus Young Bucks, which we've linked to before, on there, like, he knows his shit. He knows what he's talking about watching the New Japan stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. It just hasn't kept up, unfortunately. And, like, I, you know, I don't want to, like, I'm not poo-pooing JR by any stretch. He's still got some sexism that, you know, we're just not going to get rid of when it's too ingrained in his personality. Yeah, it's too casual. But I think he would be better served doing interviews like this Mm -hmm. for his own, like, ability to rest and relax and for the fact that he's just not up to doing play-by-play anymore and it's also that he has a presence to him Hmm? where when he does these sit-down interviews you know it's important when he's on camera it adds gravitas yes so our next match is the inner circle Jake the transphobe Hager and Santana and Ortiz versus Wardlow and FTR. Yep. Where I think FTR tried to invoke the over the top rope DQ rule from like the 80s, which nobody has used since the 80s. Okay, can you explain the over-the-top rope DQ rule to me? Because I'm not familiar. Sure. In American wrestling, uh, before the 90s, a little bit into it, there was still the American Wrestling Association that had it. But it's it's an old-school rule where you can't knock someone over the top rope. It's It was deemed to be too much of a dangerous idea. Mm-hmm. So they just didn't allow it. If you did it, it's an automatic DQ. Around it's the not time, a thing anymore. It's not at all. Like around the turn to the nineties, it it was just forgotten about, and any place that tried to use it did it so haphazardly and so inconsistently that it didn't even matter, and it would be annoying when it came up. I know that they're supposed to be the heels, mm-hmm. but I was rooting for FTR and Wardlow in this match. I was cheering for Proud and Powerful in FTR and Wardlow. <laughs> yes. We were we were on the team of anyone but Jake Hager. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and at the end, Proud and Powerful just kind of disappeared while Hager got triple teamed. Fourteen powered Proud and Powerful. That'd be kind of fun, actually. I would love that. That would be a much better booking. Yeah. Then we have uh, Jericho and MJF kissing. I mean, having their little showdown. Yep, where a fan tried to jump the ring. 
and, and found out real quick why you don't do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they so, cut the cameras. It was a very weird, like, whoop with the camera. Yep. So, you know that bit from The Simpsons where Homer gets picked up by security at a music show and they put on the big screen him, him getting beat up in the back? Mm -hmm. You're lucky if that's what you get. <laughs> You do not cross that barrier. What? Everyone for your on your own safety and for the safety of performers, you don't cross the barrier. Yeah. Everyone on the other side of that barrier knows how to kick your ass. <laughs> Especially when you're drunk. <laughs> I get that people have been cooped up for an entire year and are probably a little stir crazy. Everyone yeah. has cabin fever. We've got, got the fever. <laughs> Yes, that's the <laughs> second Muppets Treasure Island reference of the night. But just don't. Just don't. How about don't? Yeah, How about no, you don't? I understand that MJF is an annoying prick. <laughs> and everyone wants to slap the taste out of his mouth. But you don't get to. That's not your job here. No, but also I kind of love MJF. I love how much I hate him. <laughs> Wrestling barriers and construction barriers just don't cross them. Yep, no, it's not worth it ever. Unless you're sneaking onto a construction site to smoke weed at like 2 a.m. because you have nowhere else to go. Oh yeah, that's fine then. Yeah, no one's gonna be around. Exactly. I guess you could also sneak into a junkyard. Junkyard usually has security. Not in Saskatchewan. Okay, that's fair. Why are you... Jumping into a junkyard in Saskatchewan? Well, that's what they call it Waikia out there. Right. <laughs> you go shopping at well, the junkyard. Was that Saskatchewan or the Yukon? I thought no, it that was the Yukon. Oh, it's Saskatchewan, too. Okay, I misheard where they were on that show then. Maybe I'm misremembering. I don't know. <laughs> it might have been the Yukon. <laughs> Emma, can you confirm this Emma, for us? Emma, confirm. It's wherever... Okay, thank you. Yukon. Okay, so in the Yukon, people go shopping at the dump. Yep. I mean, I can't speak down on that. My grandpa used to go to the dump every weekend. There's good shit at the dump. Oh, yeah. My parents have thrown away some, like, incredibly useful shit because it's just not stylish anymore or whatever. Like, fucking go yep. to the dump. Steal stuff from the dump. It's garbage. Who gives a shit? It's already been paid for. You're not even stealing. You're just taking something out of a landfill. Congrats, mm -hmm. you've helped the environment. Good job upcycling. Yep. Take from the dump. That is the <laughs> message that we want to give you on this episode of Marking Out with My Girlfriend. <laughs> Go to the dump and take as much as you can. Good night, Moki. <laughs> so yeah. MJF and Jericho actually had their sit-down meeting to go over the stipulations for their match, leading up to their match here. And it's basically going to be the uh, Five Trials of Hercules. Yep, he has to fight the... Um, oh god, what the fuck is the lion? Where's the lion from? The Nymean lion? Yeah. He has to clear the stables. Um, he has to steal an apple or something. He's got to kill a Hydra. Or, you know, he's just got to fight everyone in the pinnacle one at a time with diff different stipulations each week. <laughs> like, uh, it, it's pretty good stipulation. 
I think MJF did better with Cody on those yes. stipulations. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah. So we'll see how this goes. Like, the people involved, I trust it's going to go interestingly. Okay, so he had to fight the Nemean Lion. Mm-hmm. He had to fight Lurney. Mm-hmm. He had to fight the Tyranean Hind. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fighting. The Aramanthian Boar. Aegean Stables. He didn't fight the Stables. Not those. The Mephilian Bird. Christian Bull. The Mares of Diomede. Belt of Hippolyta. Battle of Gera. Uh, the Golden Apple. You're basically for the mic again. Okay, but I'm reading the Trials of Hercules. Just look it up on look up Labors of Hercules on you uh, on on Wikipedia. Wikipedia, thank you. You know, I was just gonna say that why why isn't Hercules in Hades? Because Hades didn't want him. Fair. Did also, you ever why see were the gears cartoon? called Hinds? I don't get that one. That one's a weird one. Uh is it a specific species of deer? No, I don't think so. It's just a deer. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so we're gonna get that out of MJF and Jericho. Should be kind of interesting, actually. And then we got our first look at Andrade El Idolo taking on Matt Seidel. So, you know, Matt Seidel getting booked to lose. Yeah. And in stunning fashion. <laughs> How else does Matt Seidel lose other than in stunning fashion? Fair enough. Now, I will say, Andrade coming out and having the tearaway suit in the back, not as good. No, but he did look like, um, did look like the Black Skull. Yes, he did. Just, uh, just look like Naito and wear the suit into the ring and take it off in your own time. It's your time, use it. Yeah, or Black Mask, rather. It was fun, it was fun. I like Andrade. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I, you, how do you hate Andrade? You can't. He's no. just that good. You can boo him. Yes. You should you boo can. him. But you can't hate him. Should you boo him? Yeah, he's a heel. Uh, is he? He's booked as a heel. Okay, but consider. I'm going to cheer for anyone that Vicky Guerrero is with. Okay, that's completely valid, actually. Vicky has amazing taste. Yes. <laughs> um, so we got... After this, we have Arn Anderson addressing the AEW faithful. Yep. Except, holy shit, the lights go out a second time. This hurricane must be getting bad. Oh, man. It, it was pretty awful, actually, yeah. And it takes so long for the lights to come. It's like, oh my god, is, are the lights just out? Everyone's confused, like, uh, okay, mics are still on, but the lights are out. Is it gonna... The lights come on. And there he is. Tommy End. Tommy Except End no more. He's Tommy End no more, because maybe he's been possessed by a demon or something like that. Either way, Malachi Black is here. Oh my god. And he oh hits... A black mess on Arn Anderson. Yep. And Arn goes down in spectacular fashion. 
if the you mic can find the gif, the mic just goes. Huh? Oh my goodness! And then Cody rushes the ring to check on Arm Anderson, and bam! Another black mask. This time on Cody. And mm-hmm. finally, we have a hint that we're done with this dumb QT Marshall and Cody feature. <laughs> because so, now, Tommy and I mean Malachi Black is here. Oh, th- this whole scenario was so cool to watch. Because first of all, you've got the pop from the crowd when the lights come back on. They know who this guy is. They've been waiting for this guy. Um... The commentary team doesn't know what name to call him yet. They haven't been told he's showing up tonight. Like, five people in the building knew he was going to be there. Incredible. That, that's like security, TK, Cody, I think, maybe. Arn, maybe. And, like, maybe catering. <laughs> so Malachi Black is the leader of the ghoulies. The... <laughs> Rival gang to the Southside Serpents. Um, they're the ones who are pushing Jingle Jangle at Southside High. I assume this is Riverdale, right? Yeah, totally. Wrestling <laughs> and Riverdale are basically the same thing, only Riverdale stresses me out more than wrestling. That's fair. And, and then, like, I, I need to say this, is in my house, I jumped in my chair shouting holy shit like i wasn't expecting it at all my wife came in the door as soon as i was saying holy shit and ran down here to see what was wrong (laughs) okay that's how much this affected me here's what i would love from this feud Mm mm-hmm cody to lose yeah but but the return of Vampire Cody. Yeah, pretty good. Dye that hair black. Go to some dark places. Dress. Like you are. Oh my god, I can't remember the name of the clan from VTM now. Ventru. Yes. Dress like you're a Ventru. And let's have a. Creepy Demon Man versus Vampire Cody War. Yeah. I really hope that Malachi Black goes over in this feud. You know, like, I want to see him get pushed to a legitimate threat here. Absolutely. I would very much like to note and credit Malachi Black with the fact that he has kept kayfabe about his eye injury between wrestling companies who don't work together no except like that one time they didn't sue AEW and Jericho started shouting Derek Rowan yeah like they had a they had some kind of agreement like already in place with the memorial video so, like, right. I'm not because, surprised. I uh, know the the uh, you know like there's a lot of there's a lot of crossover between the two companies because there's a lot of people who are friends or a lot of people mm-hmm. who are married or dating between the companies. Mm-hmm. I think 
I hope that the success of AEW points towards a sea change in the industry where you see company where you see WWE not look at competition as a bad thing anymore. Yeah. But competition becoming competition being healthy for wrestling. Competition bringing out the best in both of those companies and bringing them better stories, bringing them higher ratings, bringing them more money because more people care about wrestling when there's more wrestling out there. Doesn't yep. all have to be WWE product. And it's that so said, much healthier when it's a lot of options. Raw and SmackDown are still at their lowest ratings of like literally all time. Yeah. Because they're stale. Two shows that are doing well are AEW and NXT. Mm-hmm. People want to see that kind of wrestling. Now, SmackDown is doing better because people love Roman Reigns' new gimmick. Right. He's actually a heel. But yeah, there's a lot of people who want to watch wrestling, but what they know doesn't offer them what they want. Right. And having a, diver a diverse base of wrestling that caters to many tastes mm -hmm. is not a bad thing because you know okay so you're watching aew maybe you get like one wwe kinda ish match every couple of weeks eventually you start to enjoy those maybe you'll go watch a wwe product after that i won't because fuck wwe but yeah those I'm are sure there are opinions to be had <laughs> I'm sure there are people who are less explicitly political than I, mm -hmm. it, which is to say, cishet white people. All over 55. Who are fine with watching WWE and might be drawn back into it because they happen to turn on TNT or soon to be TBS. Mm hmm. And find, well, hell, wrestling's on, Susan. You want to watch the wrestling with me? I'm saying that next time. <laughs> next time there's a oh, show. Oh, would you look at that, Susan? Look, you just hit him with a chair. Whoa, what's going on here? Where's that referee? He's trying to fuck on them. Oh, Emma, uh, the 55 and over comment I made was re a remark to the only demographic that WWE always wins is 55 and over specifically when there were the pseudo wednesday night wars between nxt yep. and ww uh, nxt and aew aew won every single demographic except 55 plus so yep. they had a gimmick on bte for a while <laughs> yeah <laughs> where they tried to appeal to the 55 plus demographic by putting christopher daniels in front of the camera and making him do old man stuff <laughs> or yeah or they did some old school wrestling kind of stuff they had brandon cutler changing his oil <laughs> <laughs> they do really good bits on there they do it's very it's very self-aware and very funny okay last match on the card no, there's two matches left on the card. No? Yeah. Two tag matches. What what tag? Bunny and Blade versus Statlander and Orange Cassidy. Not even on this list. Oh jeez. 
Let's hope. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I can say real quickly, uh, that was re two really good singles matches that kind of crossed over at some point, but not really. Yeah, okay. So, real quick, real short, before we get to the AEW tag team title match, AEW, like, fucking don't whip my dick out and then leave me hanging. <laughs> like, for fuck's sake, if you're gonna tr if you're gonna promote an intergender tag match, make it an intergender tag match. Mm-hmm. It kind of kills the tag team part when you can't do anything tag team. Like, for fuck's sake, don't jerk me off for two minutes and then say, sorry, I gotta go. I wish yeah. they would get out of their asses. And start actually taking intergender wrestling serious. Yeah. It's just like, the amount of talent you have and the history they pretty much all have, like, they work intergender in the indies. They know how to do this. They're really good at it. Stop hampering them. <laughs> I mean, like, Orange and Stat have had incredible matches against each other. Mm-hmm. And with each other. Let them wrestle. Let them fight. Okay, so there used to be a WWE commercial for one of their, like, ring play sets with their wrestling action figures. Mm-hmm. And whenever it came on, we, my brother would always riff on the commercial. Oh, no. And, like, they'd be like, make them fight, make them punch, and then he'd go, make them kiss. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my absolute favorite, favorite jokes my brother has done. <laughs> That's very good. I like it. Like, he would do the oh. voice exactly. <laughs> I appreciate your brother. <laughs> I feel like he'd get along well with the polycule. We just need to get him into a game or something. Yeah, totally. And Maybe find some gay wrestling. Let's fucking okay. wrap this up. The Young Bucks versus Eta El Cero Miedo and Eddie Kingston. In a street fight. So, we're just gonna tell you right now, Young Bucks end up winning. There's a ton of interference, but it doesn't really matter because it's a street fight. More importantly, they were flagging. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, I forgot about that part. So the Young Bucks, <laughs> um, specifically Nicholas Jackson. Comes yep. out with bandanas tied to his belt near his back pockets. I mean, you can't really put them in your back pocket when you're going to wrestle. They're just going to fly out. Right. It's practical. So he's got a coral bandana. Yep. On what? His left side? Yes. I think that was left, yes. Coral bandana on his left side, white bandana on the right. Mm -hmm. How many of you here in this audience of however many you are, probably just Emma and Aitsu, are familiar with <laughs> Hanky Code? Because each of those colors and their placement has a specific meaning. Mm -hmm. It's 
interesting to say the least. What did uh, young Nicholas's well, chosen a, colors a mean? Well, a bandana on the left side means you like sucking on people's toes. Yep. They've done footbits on BTE before. Yep. <laughs> Maybe it was intentional. <laughs> oh. May it could... He does have a really big thing with shoes. Oh, what? What does a white bandana on your right side mean, though? Oh, Aaron, what does a white bandana on your right side mean? It means you like jerking people off. Yep. Now consider the amount of times that the Good Brothers talk about catching a kiss. Yep. And the, the amount of times they'll do the little jack-off motion on whatever. <laughs> Maybe they were actually flagging. Possibly. Flagging in a God-honoring way. <laughs> because they are as we have established Christian AF yes now this also isn't the first time they've done this is it not no uh, I'd like to thank at typewriter pros on twitter for pointing this out to me in TNA and at a PWG show they had purple bandanas for a show. Okay, where were those purple bandanas? I think Matt had it on the left and Nick had it on the right. Okay, so left is piercer, right is piercing. How many piercings does uh, Nick Jackson have? <laughs> a lot. I think, I think the young bucks are actually flagging. I don't know what to do with that information because they are sensibly straight men. Yep. Oh, goodness. I I like to think that we're going to get a bit on BT this week with some of the uh, LGBT wrestlers helping the Bucks pick out colors for the show. But I think that might be too niche of a joke. Probably. I would laugh my ass off. I know you. Solidly for the whole week. So anyway, I have a blue bandana in my room somewhere that I'm going to start wearing in my right pocket. I mean, my keychain is blue and I wear it in my Oh, right. right. Okay. So, so, so. Queer history lesson for everyone. Yeah. Gay men flag with bandanas. Mm-hmm. Lesbian flagging is done with carabiners. Yep. So, just as a heads up, if you see a gay woman with a very with various colored carabiners, maybe look it up. There's a little bit of history. You know, what are some choice colors, Kat? There's there's a lot to this. And there's like six different lists you'll find too, based on region. Can't find a list flagging for carabiners. Okay. Let me find Hanky. I can just say I was looking for light blue. I couldn't quite find it though. I'm not mentioning it on the show. <laughs> or 
No, I'm not. No, they can look that up themselves and then DM me. But I think we should leave it for the audience to look it up themselves. I mean, it is actually very okay. interesting. Yeah, I realized it as soon as I did it. There's a there's a history there. Yeah. It's these parts of queer history where we were able to find each other without getting unsightly looks. Yes. Which is uh, very important. So anyway, um, let's talk about this match. Because it was a good it match, a, too. It was a street fight. They did two ref bumps, which is unusual. Yeah, they, they did kind of the Kenny thing where uh, Mox had a choke in on... Matt and Nick couldn't quite get an angle to hit. Who had a choke in? Eddie. Said Mox. Did I? You did. Wow, I miss Mox. Mox is going to be on next week, though. <laughs> so he hit the ref instead. Yep. Um, the Good Brothers come in and start interfering. It, it, uh, in effect, Penta and Eddie Kingston won this match twice. Yes. But the ref was knocked out both times. Yeah, no, they they had it in the bag. They could have easily been champs. But they got the, the three wasn't... count. They got yep. the tap. The yep. ref was out for both times. They yep. won that match. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no. Uh, the the thumbtacks ended up taking down Penta. Yep. And you know, heel heat, it's always a good thing for heels to get, but boy, was this kind of match frustrating. It it really is. It's like, we've seen so many teams come through the Bucks already, and it's like, Eddie and Penta were the closest we've gotten so far to anything. They've, they beat the Bucks. Yeah, they beat them last week, they beat them twice this week. So where do you go from here? I'm hoping it's going to be proud and powerful to go from here. I'm there to involved at the pinnacle right now, I think. I Probably. know. It's, I, I hate how that ties everything up. It's a pain <laughs> in the ass because they are a good tag team who just don't get a lot of opportunity to play an old tag team wrestling. Yeah, they're, they just keep getting involved in this faction war stuff. This boring inner circle shit. Anyway. Um, Aaron, do we have anything else we need to talk about? Because I'm tipsy. Yes, you are. I'm just going to say I didn't get a chance to talk about it this week, but check out Backyard Pro. They've done two shows already in the past two weeks. They've got their third show of the season next week. It's awesome. It's Canadian content. It's hilarious. Backyard Pro. Watch Backyard Pro. It's iconic. My goal fights The Rock. That was season two. Go check it out. The Rock is a literal rock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's such good shit. <laughs> it's really funny. Anyway, what kind of outro are we going to do this week, Aaron? Uh, I don't know. We could do an awkward one. We could. Or we I can do... tell you, you know, you've got to fight my friend, Cat. Huh? Because... He's the number one contender. And he deserves to have this match against you. <laughs> I don't think your friend thinks he deserves to have that match against me. 
I don't think he believes what you are telling me right now. Because he knows he cannot beat me. He knows that I am better than him in every way, shape, and form. He won't do it. So instead, I'm just gonna sign off. Because there's nothing better to do. Your friend isn't gonna show up. Because someone's gonna show up in our DM conversation. Okay. Okay. Good night, everyone. Sorry, I mean, goodbye. Ah. Uh, good night. Be gay, do crimes. Marking Out With My Girlfriend is a production of Sosa's Media. Check us out at S-O-S-E-S dot C-A. Music has been provided by Sounds Like an Earful. Hello everyone and welcome. I am currently back in New Jersey, which is why the setting has changed yet again. You can tell <laughs> it's New Jersey because of the picture of Bruce behind me. That is a very telltale sign. It's actually the um, album jacket for darkness on the edge of town because i have that record on my record player okay but is it a law in new jersey where you need to have a springsteen album on display at all times no it is not oh. yet okay